Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. Hey there, guys. Welcome to the newest episode of the Red Light Report. Today, we are going to learn about the mitochondria. And this is a very important episode because if you really want to know how the rubber meets the proverbial road when it comes to red light therapy, it all comes down to the mitochondria and how the mitochondria have such a vital role in the health and wellness and longevity benefits that can be derived from red light therapy. So it will get a little deep in the trenches as far as getting scientific. It may get a little dry for those who aren't interested. And really, if you're not that interested in how red light therapy works, you're just happy that it works and you just want to know how to best use red light therapy, maybe this isn't the episode for you. But if you are into the science and you like to know how things work and the physiology behind our biology and red light therapy, you're going to love this episode. And there are going to be some ideas that are new and it may get a little confusing. So I highly recommend that if that is the case, then you just re-listen to that section of the podcast or just re-listen to the episode a couple of times if you need to, because it is really important for you to understand the power and the role that the mitochondria have as it relates to red light therapy. Because then when we do subsequent podcasts and we're learning about hair health and skin health and oral health and athletic performance and so on, you'll have a better understanding and you'll have a better foundation of understanding how red light therapy could possibly help with all those types of uh, health and wellness benefits. And so in this episode, and we'll do two parts to mitochondria. So this is part one. And in part one, we're going to learn from three of the most important names, I would argue, as it relates to the mitochondria. And that is Dr. Doug Wallace, Dr. Jack Cruz, and Dr. Gerald Pollack. Dr. Doug Wallace is considered the top mitochondrial researcher in the world. He's been doing it for over four decades. And so if you want to learn about the mitochondria, look no further than Dr. Doug Wallace. He is a researcher out of the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. So we'll get to him first. Then we'll move on to Dr. Jack Cruz, who is a uh, self-acclaimed mitochondriac. So everything that he teaches, and he is a neurosurgeon, and he used to be a dentist, Everything he teaches as it relates to health, wellness, and longevity is related to the mitochondria. So his motif and his underlying principles are that you need to optimize your light, your water, and your magnetism. So we'll get to him. And then lastly, we'll wrap up with a shorter section, but very important as well with Dr. Gerald Pollack. And he is a researcher out of the University of Washington. And he specializes in water and the research behind water. He's the one that not invented, but discovered, I suppose, EZ water, exclusion zone water, which is also called the fourth phase of water. And that's the title of his book on water, the fourth phase of water. So if you're really wanting to dig into the science of H2O, I would highly recommend that book. The way he writes it is very easy to understand even for the lay person. So that's one to look into if you're wondering, you know, the science behind water. 
and we'll we'll understand why water is so important to the mitochondria when we get to that part of the podcast. So let's start with Dr. Doug Wallace. He would argue, nay, he purports and advocates that aging is simply mitochondrial dysfunction. So said another way, the healthier you can keep your mitochondria, the slower you will age. And based on his research over 40 years, he would tell you that about 80% of today's modern diseases are tied to mitochondrial dysfunction. 80%. So right off the bat, he is telling us, based on his research, that our DNA, our nuclear DNA, which is the paradigm we grew up where we believe that uh, we're born with the genes we have and we can't change them. But he's saying that's actually only 20% of all diseases are from our nuclear DNA. He's saying our mitochondrial DNA actually makes up 80%, which is fantastic and it should be liberating because that means our health, our wellness, our aging process is really in our hands. And it comes down to the environment we constantly put ourselves in and our daily habits as it relates to health. Also, through his research, Dr. Doug Wallace was the individual and researcher that found out and determined that all of our mitochondria come from our mom. So it's maternally inherited. So if you really want to look at a good overview of what your longevity and aging is going to look like, look at your mom and look at her mom. And if possible, your great grandma. That'll tell you what your mitochondrial health and vitality is. If your mom lives a long time, if her mom lives a long time, chances are your mitochondria are set up for that path as well. Of course, you can alter that for better or worse through your daily habits and the environment you put yourselves in. But of course, starting off on the right foot does not hurt the case. There's thousands of mitochondria in every single cell in our body, except for red blood cells. With that being said, we need to understand what we can do to optimize our mitochondria because they're all over our body and actually they make up a lot of our weight even. And so there's this concept called heteroplasmy, heteroplasmy. And in a nutshell, good and healthy mitochondria have low heteroplasmy. And having low heteroplasmy means they can make a lot of energy. Whereas on the flip side, if we have quote unquote bad mitochondria, or dysfunctional mitochondria, those are going to have a high heteroplasmy or a high heteroplasmy rate. And this means that they are deficient at producing energy. So if we look at people and what this looks like in the real world, normal people have about 0% heteroplasmy rate. Diabetics make less energy. So their heteroplasmy rate is about 20 to 30%. Same with autism. Those individuals, their mitochondria make less energy. And then if we look even further down the line, about 50 to 90% heteroplasmy rate is where we get into neurodegeneration, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, and such. And then at the very end of the spectrum, where it becomes extremely lethal, if you have 100% heteroplasmy rate, that's where we see things like Lee syndrome, which is a very advanced neurodegeneration and even perinatal lethality. So if you have 100% heteroplasmy rate, you're not going to live much longer than a year or so. And that all comes down to the mitochondria. And why is this? Well, the mitochondria are in a constant state of growth and repair and degradation, just like a cell. If this is happening millions and millions of times per day, 
you're going to have some sort of poorly copied mitochondria that are going to have mutations. But again, if you're on low on energy, your body's not going to be as well equipped to get rid of the bad or dysfunctional mitochondria. So they're going to linger, they're going to stay around, and they're going to be contributing to the dysfunctional mitochondria. So if you have poorly copied mitochondria, and if we look at it from the standpoint of cells make up tissues, tissues make up organs, and organs make up systems. So then if we reverse engineer that, if we have too many dysfunctional mitochondria per cell, then you're going to start having a sick cell. If you have too many sick cells per tissue, you're going to start having unhealthy tissue. If you're lacking too much energy in a tissue, that's where you're going to start seeing issues show up in different organs, muscles, liver, kidney, brain, heart. And if you have too many organs that don't function as they should, that's where you start to see an issue with the entire system. Let's say cardiovascular system, nervous system, immune system. So all of these come back to dysfunctional mitochondria. And that's what Dr. Doug Wallace said. Aging is essentially too many dysfunctional mitochondria. And what that really means is if you have too many dysfunctional mitochondria, then you're in an energy deficit. So if your body doesn't have enough energy, you're going to get sick, you're going to get a disease and or cancers. Again, 80% of modern day, according to Dr. Doug Wallace. So again, it's not the nuclear DNA, but the nuclear DNA is getting messages from your mitochondria. So there are epigenetic nuclear changes, changes that are happening not because of the genes, but because of your environment and your daily habits. And so there's retrograde signaling, meaning there's signals from the mitochondria being sent back to the nuclear DNA, which is a dynamically changing environment based on the mitochondrial energy and status. So the healthier your mitochondria, the more energy your mitochondria has, it will be sending retrograde signals to the nuclear DNA, which will optimize your nuclear DNA for growth and repair in its own right. But it all comes down to the percent heteroplasmy. Again, if we start getting up into the 20 to 30% heteroplasmy, the mitochondria will send signals back to the nucleus, which could lead to things like diabetes and autism. So really, Dr. Doug Wallace is heavy into bioenergetics, which is essentially tissue-specific diseases that result from systemic energy deficits. Tissue-specific diseases, dysfunctional mitochondria, not producing enough energy, diseases are going to result because they're systemic energy deficits. Dr. Doug Wallace has said in many presentations and in his research that the more energy present in a cell, the less disease state you have, the more energy present, the less disease state you have. So the less energy you have, the more likely you're going to have some sort of disease or cancer or some sort of sickness. It comes down to that energy status. So he is a heavy advocate that we need to stop looking at our nuclear genome for the causes of cancers and diseases. And we need to start looking into the other genome in our body, the mitochondrial genome. This is the foundation of bioenergetic medicine. We've all grown up in this paradigm where it's the nuclear DNA, it's the nuclear DNA, but the story is changing. And Dr. Doug Wallace is saying we need to look at the mitochondrial genome. So we can break down our body's anatomy 
into different ways that it utilizes energy. So for example, we have energy utilizing tissues. This would be like the brain, heart, muscle, eyes, and kidneys. So all these tissues take up a lot of energy. They require a lot of ATP, that token of energy. They utilize a lot of oxygen. Then there's energy storage, such as white adipose tissue that's used for activities, and then brown adipose tissue, which we utilize for thermal regulation. There's energy homeostasis, which would be the liver. And this takes care of glucose homeostasis. And then we have energy sensing tissues and systems. And these monitor and adapt to seasonal plant carbohydrates. So pancreatic beta cells, abundant of glucose, they release insulin. And the pancreatic alpha cells, when there's a deficiency in glucose, it releases glucagon so we can burn fatty acids as energy. And this is what happens in fasting. You essentially starve your body of glucose. So the body releases glucagon to utilize fatty acids as energy. And that's how you can lose fat from the keto diet as well. Hey there, guys. So I know you're excited to learn about red light therapy, but I'm betting that you're also interested in finding a high quality red light therapy device. Well, look no further than my company, BioLite. But don't take my word for it. Listen to the thousands of customers that have come before you and have chosen BioLite because of its unprecedented combination of high light power, low EMF emission, and low light flicker. So you're not only getting the most effective treatment option, but the safest as well. And there's many sizes to choose from. There's handheld devices, tabletop models, and even full body panels. So there's definitely a size to match your lifestyle and health and wellness goals. As an added bonus, you can claim a $100 value gift at checkout when you use coupon code REDLIGHTPODCAST. Just go to www.biolight.shop, choose whichever device is going to match your health and wellness needs, and use coupon code REDLIGHTPODCAST to claim your $100 gift. Again, that's www.biolight.shop. So Dr. Doug Wallace through his decades and decades of research, has essentially told us we need to look at the mitochondria. We need to optimize our mitochondrial health. It's about the energy status of our body. The more you have, the healthier you're going to be. The less you have, you're on the path to diseases and an unhealthy life, and probably a shorter life. So let's move on to Dr. Jack Cruz. Again, Dr. Jack Cruz is the uh, self-acclaimed mitochondriac. He's a neurosurgeon. And so he's all about light, water, and magnetism. And he explains that when sunlight hits water, it makes a huge capacitor. And every mitochondria is surrounded by water. So there's an inner mitochondrial membrane and an outer mitochondrial membrane with spaces in between. And all of the food that we consume, all of the food electrons, it goes to the inner mitochondrial membrane. So the entire food web is essentially electrons being excited by sunlight. And that's kind of a way to think about food that you're eating. Are you eating food that has been touched by sunlight, that's been excited by sunlight? Is it electron-rich food? Or are you opening something out of a wrapper that is just processed, has not seen the sun? Because if that's the case, you're basically feeding yourself electron-deficient food, which doesn't do much good for your mitochondria to produce energy. Dr. Jack Cruz says that life is the ability of a cell to capture sunlight from the excited to the ground state. Sunlight excites an electron, which is then harvested 
by the cytochrome enzymes on the mitochondria. And that's another message that Dr. Jack Cruz says over and over again. You want as many free electrons as possible, day in and day out. And you want to limit the amount of protons. And we'll explain this a little more in a bit. But that's just a good thing to think about. You can get electrons from the sun, from grounding, from electron-rich water. And this goes for consuming, but it also goes for your mitochondria. You want your mitochondria to be as efficient at processing electrons as possible. And we'll get into that as well. But kind of piggybacking off of what Dr. Doug Wallace said regarding energy, Jack Cruz also understands that a lack of energy leads to poor protein folding. And proteins are all over our body, just like the mitochondria, constantly growing, breaking down, degradation. So we need proteins and we need healthy protein folding because if you have misfolded proteins, again, that's where you start to see anomalies in your health and otherwise. So our outer mitochondrial membrane is connected to the endoplasmic reticulum, and that's an organelle that controls protein folding. So that's no coincidence that our mitochondria and the endoplasmic reticulum are intimately connected. Energy status, protein folding. So the first two folds during protein folding are determined by your DNA code, and they're not the most important. Again, the nuclear DNA is great. We need it but those aren't the most important folds. The physiological effects come from the third and the fourth fold, known as the tertiary and quaternary fold. And those are determined by, again, the energy status of your mitochondria. Too many dysfunctional mitochondria or too many mitochondria not producing enough energy, you're going to see negative consequences on those third and fourth folds. And again, the more misfolded proteins you have, that's bad news bears. So not only are the mitochondria and endoplasmic reticulum tied to protein folding, but they're intimately tied to redox potential. And redox potential is essentially how much net negative charge is in the cell to do physiological work. So you want a high net negative charge. A high net negative charge means you have a very good redox potential. So getting into the story of electrons and protons, inflammation is a positive charge. It has protons. And if we think about pH on the lower end, you know, one, two, three, four, that's acidic, that's low pH. So high inflammation, lots of protons means you are low pH. Higher pH means you're more basic, means that you're less protons, more electrons. So if you have a higher pH, then as a system, your body has less inflammation. And also in regards to Easy water, which we'll get to with Dr. Gerald Pollack, but a low pH means low easy water. And you want as much easy water in your body as possible because easy water is electron rich. So, again, to break it down, you want a high redox potential, which means net negative charge. Inflammation is a positive charge, protons. So, a high inflammatory system is low pH. Whereas if you have a high redox potential, that means you have a, a very high net negative charge. And that means you have low inflammation, high pH, fewer protons, and much more electrons. And that's what you want to attain because that is going to lead to less inflammation in your body, more productive mitochondria and cells, and just physiology as a whole. So when sunlight hits water, 
again, to repeat what I started with, with Dr. Jack Cruz, it makes a huge capacitor and the capacitor is what stores energy. So if we're not outside, if we're not getting full spectrum sunlight, we're not allowing that red and near infrared to excite the water in our bodies. And again, the water surrounds our mitochondria. So if we're not exciting the water around our mitochondria, then that means that water is not going to be electron rich. It's going to make our mitochondria less efficient. Again, low energy status, as Dr. Doug Wallace said, means more chance for disease and cancer and mitochondrial dysfunction, which means aging. So the more light energy that you can turn into an electric current, the more energy a mitochondria fundamentally has. The more energy you have present in a cell, the less disease state you have. And so breaking down a little further now with the mitochondria, so we know the mitochondria produces ATP, but it also produces water. And in order for the mitochondria to produce ATP, you need electrons to tunnel through it, something called the electron transport chain. And there's five respiratory proteins from the beginning to the end. So you have respiratory protein one, two, three, four, five. And anything that stretches that respiratory protein chain, meaning the distance from one to two is increased, two to three is increased, three to four is increased, and so on. Anything that stretches the respiratory protein ruins energy production in a mitochondria. And that's because the entire purpose of these respiratory proteins is to be electron chain tunnelers, which means tunneling of electrons is going to be much more efficient if these respiratory proteins are closer together than if they're stretched apart. And so this is important because we need to do things that A, bring our respiratory proteins closer together, and B, we don't do things that have the potential to stretch those respiratory proteins or uh, spread those proteins further away from each other. Because again, the closer they are together, the more efficient we're going to be at electron tunneling, which means more effective and efficient ATP production and water production for the mitochondria. So things that could stretch those respiratory protein chains is blue light. So think about cell phones, computer screens, TV screens, tablets, fluorescent lights. Those are purely blue lit devices that our biology didn't grow up with, or there was no evolutionary process for being exposed to explicitly blue light. The blue light that we're used to being exposed to comes from full spectrum sunlight. So there is blue light in the sun, but it's balanced by the red light. However, the screens, our cell phones, tablets, it's purely blue light. It's not being balanced by any red light. And of course, we're typically using most of the blue light at night, which totally ruins your circadian rhythm because blue light increases your cortisol level, which is the hormone that is released for arousal. So when the sun comes up in the morning and it hits your eye, it inhibits melatonin and it increases cortisol. But a lot of us are using these devices at night, the sun is down and we're exposing ourselves to this blue lit technology. So not only is it ruining our circadian rhythm by inhibiting melatonin, increasing cortisol, but now we also know it's stretching our respiratory proteins in the mitochondria, making us less efficient at tunneling electrons, which makes us or the mitochondria less productive at producing energy and water. So along the same lines as blue light, non-native EMF radiation. So Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and of course, this lovely 
new integration of 5G. It's terrible for our cells. It's terrible for our cells because it's terrible for our mitochondria, which there's thousands in every single cell in our body, except red blood cells. So blue light, non-native EMF, when we expose ourselves to these constantly, we're going to be in chronic toxicity and that's going to stretch the respiratory proteins. So it's important to understand not only do the mitochondria produce ATP, but I've mentioned a couple of times, they also produce water. And why is this important that the mitochondria produces water? Well, we all know that if we stick a soda can or a can of beer in the freezer, what's going to do? It's going to expand. So we know that liquid expands when it's cold or frozen. But what does liquid do when you heat it? It does the complete opposite. It shrinks. And why is this concept important? Because if the mitochondria is producing water and it's surrounding the respiratory proteins with water, then that means when the mitochondria releases infrared heat, it is able to actually shrink that water it's produced to bring the respiratory proteins closer together. So it's no coincidence that, again, the mitochondria releases infrared heat, and it's no coincidence that it produces water. It produces water to enable itself to shrink the respiratory proteins when it releases infrared heat. This is why cryotherapy is so popular and it works because when you expose yourself to cold, cold, cold temperatures, especially cold water, you have to shiver. You have to produce heat. And that heat is coming from the infrared in the mitochondria. So when you're doing cryotherapy, you're actually helping shrink those respiratory proteins because you're producing more heat. On the flip side, when you're dehydrated, when you're lacking water, when you're out in the sun too long and you're getting heated and your body's trying to cool yourself down so the mitochondria aren't producing infrared heat, this is when the respiratory proteins can stretch. You also get dehydrated, not just in the sense of not consuming electron-rich water, but if you're excessively exposing yourself to EMFs, to 5G, to Bluetooth and such. And this is why living in a big city with a high density of people is unhealthy because on average, people have five to seven devices that can hook up some way to Wi-Fi, the cell towers, they can hook up to 5G. So if you have all these people, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people that are all walking around in a very condensed area, then you, just by the nature of being around that, are exposing your body, your cells, and your mitochondria to all of this non-native EMF, which does make your body chronically toxic, stretches your respiratory proteins, and makes you less efficient at tunneling electrons, and thus, your mitochondria don't produce enough ATP or water. And another big thing that Dr. Jack Cruz talks about a lot is the whole idea of food versus mitochondria. Because in this day and age, it seems like there's a new fad diet you know, every other month, or there's, there's a book coming out every day with a new diet. But if all these diets worked, then why are there so many new books coming out? Why are there so many new diets coming out? And that's because, as Dr. Jack Cruz puts it, we need to be treating our engine versus concerning ourselves with the fuel. So for example, if you had a Ferrari with a broken engine, it doesn't matter if you put in premium fuel versus regular, it's not going to run any better because the engine is broken. So like our bodies, the mitochondria is our engine. It doesn't matter 
if you eat the keto diet or a paleo diet or a Western A price or, or vegan or what have you, it doesn't matter if your engine's broken. It doesn't matter if your mitochondria are dysfunctional. You need to take care of the engine first before concerning yourselves with the fuel. We are focusing on the wrong thing by focusing on food. That's what Dr. Jack Cruz has said over and over again. So if you're a mitochondriac like he is, everything you do is built around building a strong redox potential by maximizing energy flow in the mitochondria. Again, redox potential is net negative charge. So everything you do, all of your daily habits, they should be structured around building a strong redox potential by maximizing energy flow in the mitochondria. And again, for Dr. Jack Cruz, that is optimizing your light, optimizing your water, and optimizing your magnetism. Because those three things, when you build those foundations strong, you're going to have a strong and robust redox potential. And one way to think about it, especially when it comes to light, is that our bodies are capable of some form of photosynthesis. So whereas a plant takes CO2 and water and turns it into glucose, our mitochondria actually reverses the process and makes CO2 and water out of glucose. So anytime that you're dehydrated, it's a sign that you are in an environment that is lowering your energy potential. Just like we talked about a few minutes ago, if you're in a big city or if you work, let's say, um, with x-rays and radiation or in an airport where you're constantly surrounded by radiation, that's an environment where you are dehydrating your body. You're dehydrating your mitochondria. You're lowering your energy potential. You're lowering your redox potential. Mitochondria produce water so that the water can go around the respiratory proteins and then use infrared light to shrink the distance more efficiently to tunnel those electrons to produce more energy and more water that will then go, again, that water will go around the respiratory proteins. But if you're dehydrated, your mitochondria will not be able to produce that water and it will end the cycle of efficient energy production. So on that note of water, that's a good segue into our last expert of the podcast, Dr. Gerald Pollack, again, University of Washington researcher, all about water, especially what's called EZ water or exclusion zone water. And it's called exclusion zone water or EZ water because it excludes protons. So if it excludes protons, that's good because it's not going to lower your pH, which would then be inflammatory. It's a uh, hydrogen rich, it's electron rich. And so energy required for building the easy and separating charge comes principally from radiant sources. So UV light is the least effective at building easy water, whereas visible light is more effective. So uh, let's say blue light, yellow light, orange light, green light. And red light is more effective at producing easy water than UV light, but infrared light is the most effective. And again, it's no coincidence that over 50% of the light that hits the earth is infrared. So when you're outside getting full spectrum sunlight, it's mostly infrared. And when you're exposing yourself to sunlight with the infrared light, you're expanding your exclusion zone. You're increasing your electrons, you're decreasing your protons, you're increasing your redox potential, as Dr. Jack Cruz would say. 
So longer exposures and higher intensities can expand easy more. So whether that means you're outside in the sun, again, you don't want to be getting longer exposures if you're getting sunburns. That's not the point. You need to build up your solar callus, as Dr. Jack Cruz would put it. You need to build up your tolerance to sunlight. So most of us are weekend warriors where we're only going out and getting sun on the weekends, but we're in the office Monday through Friday. So it's very easy to get sunburns when your skin is not used to being exposed to light. But if you expose your body to sunlight every single day consistently, you will get to a point where you can be out in the sun as long as you want and not get a sunburn. And if you're able to do that, that means your body is constantly exposed to infrared light. You're building up your EZ, you're decreasing inflammation, you're improving your redox potential, you're increasing the amount of electrons in your body, and so on and so forth. Back to Dr. Gerald Pollack, if we want to expand our EZ as much as possible, you want longer exposures and or higher intensities. And this goes for increasing the EZ in your water. If you want electron-rich water, structured water, you can put your glass outside. And again, the longer and the higher the intensity of the infrared light, the more you're going to expand the EZ. And you can do this with a red light therapy device as well. And you'd want to turn it on to infrared light, get the light as close to the water as possible without it, you know, exposing it to EMFs. And then you would leave it on as long as possible before drinking it. And that will allow the water to have as much easy exclusion zone as possible. Easy water bears a net negative charge, which would be improving redox potential, according to Dr. Jack Cruz. So easy water bears net negative charge, while bulk water, which is like tap water, bulk water zones contain net positive charge. So bulk water actually has more protons in it. It's a net positive charge, which is not what we want. We want net negative because that's a robust redox potential, which means more electrons, less protons. So if at all possible, you want to be drinking as much electron-rich water, as much easy water, as much structured water as possible, because that's going to give you more net negative charge every time you drink it. And so that kind of ties together really what Dr. Jack Cruz was espousing as far as trying to accrue as many free electrons as possible day to day. And you can do that with light by getting full spectrum sunlight. Again, your skin has to be exposed. So you can do that if you, if you don't get outside every day. That's why red light therapy can be so powerful. Because if you're not getting outside consistently, then your body's deficient in red and near infrared light. And that's the only reason why red light therapy technology even needs to be around. It's because the majority of us are deficient in red and near infrared light, which is what the mitochondria needs to produce energy. Those photons of energy from the red and the near infrared light excites the cytochrome C oxidase and starts the process for electrons going through the mitochondrial electron transport chain. The more healthy, the more robust our body is, the closer those respiratory proteins are going to be, the more efficient you will be at tunneling electrons, which means more efficient and effective ATP and water production. And the cycle goes round and round and round. So it all comes down to what are you exposing your body to on a daily basis? And what are you doing on a daily basis? So there's the sunlight. For magnetism, there's grounding. That's free electrons, negative ions from the earth going through directly to your body. You have to be barefoot. And then there is the water, just like we talked about with Dr. Gerald Pollack. There's ways to add electrons to your water. 
through infrared light exposure. You can also do this with hydrogen-rich water, high antioxidant, high anti-inflammatory. So we'll end there today. And I hope that gives you a much better appreciation for the mitochondria and why they're so important when it comes to red light therapy and just overall health, wellness, and longevity. And it also really pays to know that because now when we start talking about other things in future podcasts like hair health, skin health, heart health, brain health, and we refer back to the mitochondria, you're going to know why and how those pieces play a part together as far as the mitochondria being such a vital player in red light therapy and your overall health, wellness, and longevity. So this is part one of the two part for mitochondrial health and the mitochondria in general. But the best thing you can do today is figure out how you can optimize your light, whether that's getting outside, whether that's using red light therapy. You need to figure out how you can optimize your magnetism, both by getting away from non-native EMFs as much as possible and do some barefoot walking on a consistent basis. It only needs to be 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day. And then figuring out how to optimize your water, consuming structured water, consuming hydrogen-rich water, consuming easy water. And you can do that for free simply by putting your glass in front of the sunlight. You can utilize your red light therapy device on infrared light mode. So to become a mitochondriac, a lot of it's free. And one other thing you can do, and I've mentioned this on multiple podcasts, but if you want free red light therapy for your eyes and for your body, you can watch the sunrise in the morning and the sunset in the evening, especially when the sun is just coming over the horizon. You can look directly at the sun because that is mostly red and infrared light. It will not damage your eyes and it's actually extremely healthy. But that's also a very good way to normalize your circadian rhythm. And with normalized circadian rhythm, that's going to allow the rest of your biology and your physiology to operate on an optimal level. So we'll end there today, guys. I really hope that was useful, hopefully not too confusing. But again, if there was a little too detailed or a little too sciencey, then please re-listen to those sections that were confusing or just re-listen to the podcast because this is really valuable information as we go forward with this podcast. So you guys have a wonderful week. Enjoy the weekend and we will see you for part two on the next episode. This is Dr. Mike Belkowski signing out of the Red Light Report. Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolite.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolite. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.